Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeby-dow! Wow! Welcome back, everybody. That's another right. Another episode. Yeah, another episode. Of the podcast. Of the podcast. American <laughs> Brews and Tunes. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Um, for those of you who uh, listen to our podcast regularly, you'll know that we're reviewing both The Beths and Angel Dust this week. Psych! So, for a second, I was like, uh-oh, I'm not prepared. <laughs> no, nobody's prepared. Um, we're going to yeah. go ahead and do a, throw a little little free format to, to, to give ourselves another week. Jesse was out of town last week, and I'll be out of town this weekend, so we're, uh, we're just uh, you know going with the flow, because we do what we want. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to record an episode real quick. Not too much thought into it. Just uh, hanging out, chatting. A few topics to, to touch on. And, and, of course, one beer. Of course. Uh, but it, it probably won't be the normal, like, 45 to an hour time length. No, it's going to be a, a nice, cool, quick episode if, if you catch my drift. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I pick it right up off the ground. Oh, man. Classic. You threw your drift... And I said, let me pick that up real quick. And lo and behold. <laughs> um, but yeah. anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, I guess as we always do, let's, uh, sh- shall we talk about the beer first before we talk about the other stuff that's not beer? Yeah, let's talk about the beer first. It's a good idea. Let's do it. All right. So we're having a brew by the brewery Dissolver, um, but it's spelled yes. with no vowels. Yes. Um, DSS. And Weird triangle. <laughs> I recently learned on an episode of 155 podcast, they were, they were talking about Fall Out Boy, the band. Okay. And they have a song called Thanks for the Memories. Do you know that song? Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the memories. Is it that one? Yep. Um, okay. I do know that song. But it's spelled without any vowels, so it's kind of like, thanks for the memories. Thanks for rumors. And when they were nice. talking about that song in the podcast, they it sounded I thought they made it up, but apparently it's a real thing. When you take the vowels out of a word, it's disemvoweling. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. But it's just such a great word. It just sounds like Yeah. I don't know. So it's dissolver disemvoweled. Yes. Okay, but that's the brewery. Um, have we have we had Dissolver on the podcast before? Do you remember? I feel like we have. Yeah, yeah. I know I've had their their stuff before. Um, they don't have normal distribution in Nashville, but they'll have some stuff like some one offs here and there. And I know I've had it, but I couldn't remember if it's on the podcast. They're from Asheville, North Carolina. So. Yeah, they're everything that I, we've had from them or I've had from them as well is really good. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, this can looks pretty wild. Uh, the beer, I guess we could talk about what the beer is now. Yeah, it's called Thank it's You a, for Existing. Thank you for existing, yep. And there's aliens and, all over it with uh, Illuminati triangles on their heads or third eyes yep. or whatever you want to do. In fact, there's like yep. a, the Illuminati pyramid. There's all kinds of weird symbology on here. Yeah, it looks pretty cool, though. There's, like, a general rainbow color pattern going across the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Predominantly red and gold, though. Red and, or red and yellow. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting color palette. Um, it is a Kolsch-style ale. 
Yes, it's not a true Kolsch because it's not from Cologne. 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 But it is a uh, it is a Kolsch style. So I I really enjoy Kolsches. I've been enjoying lighter beers recently, uh, ones that are a little bit less heavy. So I hope that I enjoy this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure I, I will. I, I like Kolsch's. They're they're super easy drinking. Um, Usually low gravity, and, and this uh, definitely uh, follows that. It's at 4.8% alcohol by volume. Um, so it's you could, as the Germans do, sit in the beer garden all day and just uh, crush these left and right, you know? And just sip on them all day, yep. Yeah. While you're eating your currywursts and schnitzels. Currywursts? Curry oh, yeah. And kartoffel uh, poffers. Kartoffel poffers. <laughs> Have you ever had those? Uh, no, but I assume there's some sort of, uh, potato It's a dish. potato pancake. Oh, a potato pancake. And they serve them with, like, Kinda a l- like, little bit of applesauce uh, that you put on top of it. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Sometimes they'll have, like, cheese or, like, bacon or something inside, but, oh, super good. Wow. Kartoffel waffles. Yes, super delicious. Um, but let's say we give this a crack. All right, give it a crack and a pour. Yeesh. Now... I'm expecting this to be like a traditional Kolsch. I mean, that's their goal when they brewed this. Um, so it's going to be a nice, cl- like, very subtle, clean flavor, um, similar to a lager, mm-hmm. um, but almost more subtle than, like, a, a traditional amber lager or or uh, what have you, a pub, pub ale. Um, just usually very mild, um, not yes, super quite, hoppy. Quite mild. If if there is a floral hoppiness, it's going to be really, really light. Um, yeah, and very yeah. subtle. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like normally Kolsch's are have a little bit more of like a, uh, a little bit more of a floral, like notes to them, and like a little bit more spice notes. Yeah, I'd like I'd agree the, with that. Uh, I'm not sure why they why why they have that, but. Um, I, that's why I typically like them because it's a little bit. It's because more of the ingredients, Jesse. Like a, oh, it's just, oh, it's because of the ingredients. Okay, of course. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> color-wise, it's it's like a nice golden, clear ale. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it looks like an American light beer. Yeah, color-wise, it but smells. It's not gonna taste like one. It smells nice and crisp. Yeah, it, sm- it definitely smells crisp. Yeah. It smells really good. Let's say we uh, go ahead and give this a, a, a little try. Let's give it a try. And always, as we always say on American Brews and Tunes, she bit a beep boop Down the, the Kolsch style hatch. Mm. Very mild, very subtle. Um, it is very subtle. It's very light. There is that on, on the tail end of the like. It, at first, it, it does kind of have that not necessarily a breadiness, but you you can taste the the malts that you'd you'd get from um, more mild lager style beers. Uh, but yeah, it's the, almost like a biscuit. It's yeah, like a biscuit. Yeah, and, and on the tail end, that like kind of dies English away, biscuit. and you get that you do get that floral note, like a, just a, yeah. a hint of zest almost. Yes. Yeah. I'm assuming that um, is is from a combination of, of the malts, but probably whatever hops they use. Yeah, I would assume that the hops have something to do with it. It's, like you were saying earlier, the ingredients are yes. why it tastes this way. Yeah, it's it's good. This would be perfect to have, uh, like on a a nice hot uh, day. Yeah, I think so too. 
Or a cool day, I guess. I mean, Ooh, just a, a good... I a nice burp from a, it, too. A good outside day. Um, now, it's my understanding, and I get most of my understanding about German culture from my dad, who's traveled there plenty of times, um, that they serve these in, like, four to six ounce glasses, usually, because... Oh, really? It's way better when it's cold. Like, they don't want it to warm up, and you... They'll, you'll just oh, really? constantly like be getting seconds, thirds, however many, and so he's he's got a bunch of like Kolsch glasses, and they're they're oh. they're small and, and uh, just enough to enjoy however much while it's still cold, and then get another one. Nice. Yeah, I mean that makes Are, sense. Uh, do you have any of those? Did he has he given you any? No, he selfishly has kept them all. Oh my gosh, Dave. Jeez, Louise. No, I I I, I, I he's probably has maybe half a dozen. I can't remember. There is one really cool one that he has, though, that um, it's, like, molded to shape the indents of all your fingers so it fits perfectly. Oh, that's cool. I'll uh, see if I can post a picture to the socials or somewhere. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it oh, you, you could probably just Google it. I'm sure there's other ones that are similar. Yeah, I'm sure you could Google. Just finger, finger indent glass. <laughs> finger Kolsch glass. Yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> and you'd probably find something similar yeah. or something like, yeah, now, easy. Unlike uh, a lot of the big beers that we sometimes have on the podcast, uh, I don't think that this is going to drastically change in flavor as we we continue to sip on it. Yeah, I don't really think it will either. I think the only the only thing that may change is that it's going to get warmer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a given, and that's fine. That's why we are, yes. have a shorter episode, so we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. It's this is tasty though. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, I kind of wish I had a burger or maybe like some wings. Ooh, yeah. A burger actually would be really good with this. Mm-hmm. Or some french fries, too. French fries. Maybe a kartoffel waffle. Oh, I'll have a, several of those, please. <laughs> Give me a basket. A basket of kartoffel waffles. I'll have... Are they Are fünf, they just like... Fünf kartoffel puffers. You know, like the hash brown patties? They're kind of similar to that. They're, like, they're ra- but like roundish. That. But They're not like that, though, are they? Not they're necessarily. Not like, they're... Not like no, they're like they're not like deep fried, are they? Um, they may be like pan fried, if I had to guess, but not like okay. not like deep fried like the McDonald's hash browns. Okay, it's not like a straight up just McDonald's hash. No, brown. no, no. These things look like they're handmade. Okay, yeah. Um, but you, you, that would be really good if you go to a good German restaurant. It's a, I'm fairly certain it's like a standard thing that they do for like appetizers usually. Don't quote me. All that's right. just what I've seen. All right. Um, shall we I'll take your word for it? Shall we freeform it up a little bit? Yeah, let's freeform it up. Now, since there's an alien on the cover of this this uh, beer, <laughs> it made me think of one thing and one thing alone. Mm, aliens. Aliens exist by Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, okay, the song. Yeah, what a great song! And you know who was the driving force behind Aliens Exist? Uh, Travis Barker. Incorrect. <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> Well, funny story. Um, apparently, when they when Travis joined Blink One Eighty Two, um, which was right before they did a, all the recording, I think they were starting to demo some of the stuff for Enema of the State. Um, th- they didn't really have like a full songwriter contract agreement filled out, and so all the songs are just attributed to Mark and Tom. Oh, really? So they like retain the songwriting and publishing. And that's like one of their biggest albums, of those. Oh just, my just for that album. So Travis missed out on a lot. Oh, dang. That sucks for him. I mean, I think he's doing okay. Otherwise. Yeah, I think he probably is as well. He seems to be having, he seems to be doing like many other projects yeah. as well. And they've had subsequent massive radio hits that he was listed as a songwriter on. So he's, 
He's fine and dandy. Yes. Uh, but Tom DeLonge, famous uh, rock musician, but also famous ufologist. Yeah. Is that the uh, is that the proper term for someone who is who studies UFOs? It really is, Jesse. Believe it or not, U- ufologist. Ufologist. Okay. You just kind of condense that O in ology, UFO, and all because mm-hmm. UFOlogy is just it's a mouthful. That's way too re- uh, redundant. Yeah. Why have a mouthful of UFOlogy when you can have a mouthful of Kolsch-style ale and say ufology? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's okay. He's, yeah, so he's, he's, he's he likes into that. aliens. He's also into Bigfoot and a lot of other things, which is but but aliens is the the number one thing. And he started his yeah. own company, which in, in a nutshell kind of caused him to leave Blink One Eighty Two the second time that yeah. he left Blink One Eighty Two. Right. Which is, I mean, I understand he had like multiple companies and all kind of things going, but well, yeah, he was he was following his uh, his passions. Yeah. So which Matt, I can I can respect that. Matt Skiba stepped in, and f- frankly, he's been in the ba- he was in the band. He started in twenty. Um, How th- long ago was it? I think he joined in twenty fifteen to start playing shows, and they really, re- yeah, they released the first song in twenty sixteen. That long ago? Yeah, oh, isn't that crazy? Gosh. And in yeah, that, I, I, wow, okay. In that time, time they released two full length albums and one deluxe album, which was essentially a third album, to be honest. So, yeah. That's what so seven it's years. It's been like yeah, it's almost been like two stages yeah. of the band. And in fact, seven years. I've, let's let's minus two of those years for COVID. So in five years, oh, he released true, true, true. like three albums with the band and did two um, worldwide tours. Wow. Um, yeah, when you put it like that, it, he's been in with the band for a long time. Then yeah, I would say yeah like for a pretty decent chunk of time. He was in the band for longer than Scott, who was the original drummer. Crazy. Yeah. Super true, crazy. True. Um, but all this to say, uh, or do you have any more uh, prologue? Yeah, there's a little bit of prologue. Um, as everybody knows, and I'm just rehashing for my own edification, um, Mark yeah. Hoppus was diagnosed with uh, stage four lymphoma, lymphoma, which is crazy because stage four right. usually means it's metastasized and spread elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but he uh, ended up beating it, which is great news, knock on wood. Um, yeah, hopefully it doesn't come back. At I know. All. Well, he he had a one year checkup and all clear still. Oh, okay, nice. But you I never know. know. You're never technically fully cancer free. You're just in remission, is what they say. Right. Um, but he is fully in remission. Um, and I saw Tom DeLonge on the uh, Angels and Airwaves tour supporting their their last album, and he was talking about Mark and how happy he was that he was doing great, and he knew he was going to pull through. Um, and everyone's like, yeah. oh, they're talking a lot more and. That's interesting. Right. Um, but the most interesting piece of information, I think, came from Matt Skiba. Um, back in July of 2022, so earlier this year, just on a random um, Instagram post, um, I, I can't remember what Matt Skiba's Instagram post, it had nothing to do with Blink-182, it's just one of his own things. Um, somebody commented on it saying, you guys think he is still in Blink? Um, and Skiba responded to it. It's oh, really? The only comment that he responded to, and he said, "Your guess is as good as mine. Regardless, I am very proud and thankful of my time with Blink One Eighty Two. We shall see." Dot dot dot. Ooh. So that's when the speculation started happening. Yeah, there was speculation, and then um, 
maybe like a month later, they released like Blink-182 Funko Pops, but it's all from the uh, What's My Age Again video. So they're all like in the buff, these little pop figures. Oh, um, right, and it was yeah, Mark, yeah. Tom and Travis. No Skiba. Right. So everyone's like, hmm. hmm. Curious. Very curious. Quite curious. And then there were credible sources saying there's big announcements coming, all kinds of stuff. Just you wait and see. And so um, I, I was assuming it was going to be an announcement of a new album and a tour. Um, I, I've, to be frank, I didn't think Tom was coming back. I was hopeful. Um, oh, wow. I'll tell you what my best case scenario was, though, was if Tom came back, but Matt stayed in the band and we have a four piece. Oh, okay. You would have preferred that. Oh, yeah. If they could fill out their sound live, um, I think it would just be overall better contribution songwriting wise because hmm. I, I think Skiba and Tom both kind of have like a little bit more of that like dark kind of inspiration. Like, Al- well, I mean, I mean, Skiba definitely. Yeah. Does. Alkaline Trio was, was definitely, I don't want to say gothic, like but even, like kind of gothic. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a decent a decent way to to uh, describe Alkaline Trio. Yeah, and they uh, like Skiba definitely brought that to Blink when it, uh, to Blink, um, but being in Blink almost like lightened it a little bit. Oh, for sure, it watered down the um, the darkness that was Alkaline Trio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not a bad thing. I mean, he 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 wasn't coming in to make Blink One Eighty Two Alkaline Trio One Eighty Two, right. Which I actually, I wouldn't mind, <laughs> to, to be honest. <laughs> I love both of the bands. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but that is not what the outcome was. But, okay, so from from the time when Tom left uh, Blank, he put out all of the Angels and Airwaves albums? Or was he releasing oh, so, Angels and Airwaves at the same time as he was playing in Blank? So as far as Angels and Airwaves goes, the first time he left Blink in, I believe it was, two, was it 2004, 2005, I can't remember, um, he announced the first Angels and Airwaves album very quickly, and that was called We Don't Need to Whisper. It came out in 2005 or 2006, so very quickly. Um, they had another album come out in 2007 or 8, um, and then Blink-182 reunited in 2000, the end of 2008, I believe. Um and between that time and when Blink-182 put out Neighborhoods in 2011, Angels and Airwaves released two more albums, Love Part 1 and Part 2. So those came out while he was reunited with Blink. Well, while he was still in Blink. Okay. Yeah. And then he then they broke up again. Yes, they broke and he up. Released and he released one more full-length. One more full-length. And then... Oh, no. You're right. Two full-lengths and two EPs um, and a bunch of books. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that's when all the To the Stars alien stuff came out where he had that video that was mm-hmm. released from the, the Navy or the Air Force. Yeah, from the Navy, yep. Yeah, it came from Congress, so it's it, he actually did some legit stuff. Yeah, he definitely did. Like, I was fairly impressed. Like, whenever I saw, like, oh, the government's actually... Acknowledging? Acknowledging the fact that, like, they don't know what these are, and they... It actually is an unidentified flying object. It, does, it doesn't mean that there are aliens on those ships. Well, but they actually don't know what it is. And they might not even be ships. I didn't even they realize this. something else. But they technically don't even call them UFOs anymore. They're yeah, they UAPs. UAPs. Yeah, unidentified yeah. Aerial, aerial phenomena. Right? Phenomena. Yep, yep. Interesting. Which is like the same exact thing. It's just semantics. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a different way yeah. to describe it. Yeah, but suffice to say, Tom was a, a busy bee. 
And so was yeah, so was Blink. Was very very busy. So was Blink. They were putting out albums and touring. Um, but all of this leads us to just this past month, um, the beginning of well, last yes. month I guess now the be first week of October. Um, there was people were saying, "Ooh, there's going to be a a major Blink One Eighty Two announcement. Get ready, everybody!" And I mm-hmm. was ready. I was super ready. Um, and they released a, I mean, they, they released little teasers and stuff. And you could hear Tom DeLonge's voice on this little song. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is this? Oh, yeah. He's back. And then they released a, um, a video saying that they're going on a, uh, a worldwide tour that's going to span like a year and a half. They've got Tom back in the band. Uh, there's a single coming out like a week from whatever the announcement was and a new album coming the following year or whatever. So it was right. It was just it was my day. It was like it was. <laughs> that's uh, that, yeah, yeah. That, like that's pretty exciting. I remember you texting me on that day, and I was like, oh, he's got to be like over the moon right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. Remember at poker night, I was like, I was telling you all the rumors. Oh I said, yeah, yeah. I said, you were like, there are there there definitely could be something happening. Yeah, I said, and I'm not sure if it's true or not, but they're apparently they're going on tour, and Turnstile is going to be opening. And I was like, oh yeah. In the back of my mind, that. I said that seems a little ridiculous. I would be surprised. Lo and behold, Turnstile's opening. It happened, man. Yeah. That Oof. would be, uh, I would, okay, first of all, I guess I'm, I'm excited for it, even though I'm not as big of a Blink-182 fan as you are. For shame. I am um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous because of the first single that they released. Yeah. But I'm hoping that that's, uh, so for people who maybe haven't listened to it, the first single kind of sounds like Angels and Airwaves to me. It has like an Angels and Airwaves type vibe to it, uh, which and specifically the one song on the previous album that he released that I really did not like. No More Guns. Uh, what's it called? No More Guns. Yeah. It's that weird um, bouncy kind of rhythm. Yeah. It's the real weird bouncy rhythm and kind of like a really upbeat happy melody that just just didn't just didn't hit right with me and this new song what's the what's the new uh edging yes right um they released that and i was like oh no it kind of sounds like the no more god song uh oh so hopefully the the next songs uh they're like tom had posted on instagram that uh they're definitely gonna be not that way like they're yes like saying he said we wanted saying, to get ready for like the most the most crazy Blink songs you've ever heard. Yeah, he, he said they wanted just to push out like a fun song that would be poppy and people like just kind of be reminiscent of like a, I don't know, old goofy Blink maybe. He's like, but yeah, but we're pushing like the, the sound that like we never had before. It's some of our most progressive music. So I have to take. Oh, I'm hoping that it is. I have to take everything Tom DeLonge says with a grain of salt. Yeah, because um, he's he's grandiose in everything he does. Like when the first Angels and Airwaves album came out, he's like, "This music is gonna change the course of the history." <laughs> he's like, "The world <laughs> has never heard music like this before. It's the, this is the greatest thing ever." And it was like you two with more reverb. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Which I loved. I love that album. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, yeah, I don't know. And also, um, I'm fairly certain he had a, a, a slight pain pill problem at that time. <laughs> Um, oh really? Yeah, he he had. Uh, it was one of those situations where he had a back surgery and then maybe got a little oh, too yeah familiar with the pain pills. Hooked onto it. Yep. Yeah, that'll happen. I mean, if you watch the the videos of Tom DeLonge playing, like in um, the last f- three four years of Blink, 
before the first breakup. He's hunched over so far with that guitar, and I mean, if, oh, it, so his back just got messed up over time. Yeah, if you're doing that like 150, however many shows a year, that's just that's going to take a toll. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, but um, I'm but I'm excited, that, super excited because yeah. he, him and, and Travis have both been posting um, like that they're really excited about the new music that's coming, and mm-hmm. unlike neighborhoods, so. Um, A little backstory, I think we touched upon this when we reviewed Neighborhoods, but the whole writing and recording process was done remotely for all three members. Um, So Tom was in San Diego, and then Mark and Travis were in L.A., and they would like write song ideas and then send it to each other and then record it in their respective studios and then send it. So it was was a, a disconnect, and if you listen to that record, you can hear it. Yeah. Um, It's it's very apparent. I love that record. I think it's really cool, and you can hear that there's a little bit of musical strife i guess might be a good way to say well, yeah it. i i honestly really like that record too i do too i, yeah, I, think, I think there's I think it's there, pretty good there's a push and pull of the sound where where some people were maybe not necessarily happy with what was going on but they're like if they're gonna do that i'm gonna do this so it's it's right. a good a good array of sounds um on the next release that they did which was called dogs eating dogs a, a five song ep um they got together in a studio a very short amount of time wrote the songs and then recorded it all together um and that sounds somewhat more cohesive um uh, but it's two very different sides of the the coin um and this album sounds like it's the best of both of those worlds so so from what what they've said in interviews is they're getting together like for a couple days a week for writing sessions and they'll write together um and they'll demo the songs and then tom will go back to san diego or wherever and like do the final recording of his, his guitar part or his final vocals over top of whatever they've demoed um, and vice versa for Tom and, or for uh, Travis and Mark. So they're at least writing together, which I think is integral to their. That's really cool. Their 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 uh, process. And and uh, yeah. the first song that they, they put out sounded like it was just the three of those people on the, the songwriting credits, I believe. So it's not like the previous albums where you have. Where there's like a producer that is like writing most of it. Yeah, or like John Feldman is not producing the record who did the, the previous two Blink albums. And they don't have co-writers. Like they had so many co-writers on the last two albums. Right. Which is fine. Um, co-writers are fine. Um, it's just, I think Blink-182 does their best work when it's those three guys in a room. When it's just the, just those three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what, uh, who is producing this this new one? You know what? I don't really know. Um, the first song said produced by Travis Barker. Oh, okay. So they might be going the self-produced route. That's what they did for Dogs Eating Dogs and for Neighborhoods, that'd be, I believe. That'd be really cool. I, I would like that if they if they self-produced it. Oh, I would too. I, that'd I, be great. I think that, that kind of will either lead to greatness or <laughs> them just... Or it'll like just be average. Not. It's either going to be like great or they're just going to like put in garbage that they they couldn't self-edit so it's oh. either way but but me being a terrible judge of anything they put out i'm gonna say it's the greatest record done to man <laughs> right i right. mean i i can objectively come to a decision and know like if something's good or bad um but subjectively i'm gonna love it yeah as a as a fan you're just gonna like it no matter what yeah. they put out like I, I i know the songs on on uh, california and nine that are not good because yeah. um, they are there, believe it or not. But I still I love it. those albums. <laughs> right. Thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's, I don't know, that's cool to have like a band that you can objectively know that some songs are not that great, but still be like, I don't care. I like this band and I like everything that they put out. Ride or, it's good. Ride or die, baby. <laughs> I like it. Um, but with this whole announcement of the tour, uh, ticket prices for the tour are crazy. Yep. Are insane. They're crazy. There. I mean, I didn't even look, but I just saw people posting like it's, over like five hundred dollars for tickets it's, and stuff like that. It's unfortunately true, um, and it's a, a thing that Ticketmaster has done recently called dynamic ticket pricing, and it's it's their own thing. Right. Um, I, the the band doesn't really have any influence over how they they do this, but yeah. But with that, Ticketmaster can fluctuate the prices based on demand and. Ticket prices. So that's so dumb. They can change, but from the time you put them into your cart to when you check out, which is absurd. Um, that is pretty crazy. We lucked out. Me and Becca were on the computer. Like we had the 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 first presale code, so we, we got on there before anything else, and we had decent spots in the queue. Um, okay. And I bought tickets on the one hundred level for I think one hundred and twenty a piece, which is a lot of money. But a, the hundred level at, at the arena is a, a pretty decent seat. Yeah. Um, I mean that's that's still not too bad though. No, it's not horrible. Um, and and uh, I Becca accidentally bought floor seats. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, she told me that. <laughs> yeah. So so we had two sets of seats. Um, and then like we kept checking back in on the prices, and then they started to skyrocket because people were trying oh to gosh. buy them uh, to the point where like level three hundred tickets were one hundred and fifty a piece, and that's like I oh my gosh, I it's absurd. Like you can't do I mean, that. That's a lot of money, like for because that's like way up. That's way up top. Yeah, that's, those are the nosebleeds. You're not going to be seeing anything up there. Um, well, you will, but it'll because wait, uh, where did we sit whenever we saw Jack White? Was that like in a booth? That was that was in a a box, which is just above the hundred level tickets seats. Even even that felt like it was too far away. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's just arena shows for you. There's no unless you're yeah. It's it's hard to do it to, to get a good view unless you buy pit tickets or have hundred levels closer to the stage. It's, yeah. it's just the nature of the beast. But with with this dynamic pricing, it's it's so unfortunate because like I I imagine myself in high school I couldn't afford this. Like I when oh when, yeah seriously though when Blink One Eight Two did their first um, reunion tour with Tom I bought um they were at amphitheaters and I bought. Still seated rows. I didn't buy lawn tickets, but I bought the the cheapest seat rows, and I was like, I, like maybe what forty bucks a ticket, and I was like, wow, this is expensive, because <laughs> oh I was I was in high school making seven bucks an hour, bussing tables, yeah, right, know? right, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, I was making like seven bucks an hour washing yeah. dishes too. But they, the whole I guess idea behind dynamic ticket pricing is, they, they say that they're making it more difficult for scalpers to buy tickets which i don't think so um but by doing no, that they're trying to make more money oh 100 percent um but by <laughs> like, by doing that and going by this they're saying you're paying what the uh inflated price would be even if you bought it from a scalper which is absurd it's, it's a dumb policy that I, is ridiculous yeah i understand it but i think it's it's dumb um and it's it's a bad policy. Um, if you do want to see anything interesting about Ticketmaster and ticket prices, John Oliver has a phenomenal um, expose oh, or really? little section okay. about it. Um, he talks about like why they they have their prices so much, um, why you can't get access to tickets, um, the the how the law has tried to tamp down on things, and it's just 
it's very eye-opening. And Ticketmaster is a monopoly. Um, they absorbed or they oh, bought out Live Nation, which was the only other competing major ticketing company at the time. How is that? That I feel like that shouldn't be legal, right? Oh, it shouldn't be. It, that, like for them to have the majority control over concert tickets. Yeah, and if you want it, like Blink One Eighty Two, if they're playing this arena show, they only have one choice per city of an arena to go to. And that arena probably has a exclusive like, agreement with Ticketmaster. No, with cho- there's Ticketmaster, no choice. Yeah, yeah, absurd. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. That's crazy. Yeah, but I guess like the only way to fix that would be if everybody decided to not buy tickets to any events. Yeah, but that's never gonna happen. But that that's never gonna happen though. Yeah. Wow. So like they're in like a in like a really good spot. And for making for them for making money anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna oust myself a little bit here. As much as I okay. hate ticket scalpers, Beck and I had four tickets. We didn't. I mean, hey, we didn't need four tickets, so yeah. we kept her tickets, which were the better tickets, and I sold mine. Yeah. And when I sold them, I was looking at what scalpers were selling the tickets for around like my seats. Yeah, and I sold mine for seventy five dollars cheaper than the closest seat. Okay, and for two, and it was still for two tickets. <laughs> It was yeah. after their fees and taxes. Um, I paid five hundred and ninety nine dollars. Oh my goodness! What the heck? Yep, that's insane. Ooh, I mean, that's nice. I but. feel greasy about it though. Oh uh, yeah, but that's that, kind of greasy. That covered our our ticket costs for the other ones. So wow, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, whoever bought I, my tickets guess, got them for cheaper than everyone else was getting them around there. Yeah, and they were they were probably excited about that. Yeah, and I mean they were. Oh yeah, that's just it is just so unfortunate that this it's not just a flat price. Like, yeah, Ticketmaster's not just selling them for X amount for this this space, like X amount and for the floor. I, I when an artist gets to a certain level, they can have a say in this thing. I'm sure Blink-182 could have if they looked more into it, but um, it's it's too late at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, disgraced comedian, Louis C.K. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, disgraced comedian, yes. I went and disgraced, saw him yes. at uh, the arena in Nashville before his disgracing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like... I, however you, dear listener, feel about Louis C.K., that's not what I'm, I'm not getting into that. I'm just going by what the ticketing structure was there because I think it was the greatest thing ever, and I wish more people did it. Um, he had his premium seats. He had the the cheat, like the more expensive seats on the lower levels. But if you wanted to buy a nosebleed seat, they were $25, yeah. and that included every single penny in fees. Oh, wow. That's really, that's a good deal. So you knew the price, and when you went, got to the, the, the checkout, there was nothing additional. It was that $25 flat rate, and I, I wish people would do that. That's really nice, yeah, because if, if you like you don't care that much about, like, say a, a band was playing that you didn't care that much about, yeah, then you could just buy a $25 really, really terrible, uh, like, not close to the stage at all, yeah, and, and then just, like, go to a show and experience yeah. it like that instead of... And apparently bands bands can opt in or out of dynamic ticket pricing. That's from what I've seen. I can't verify that for fact, but that's what I've heard. Um, hmm. But I'm sure that I'm positive that the venue is pushing this on bands because they're the ones that are gonna be oh, yeah. making money. I mean, they want they want to make more money. Yeah, for sure. And they're probably selling it to the band saying, "Oh, this is going to be the fairest pricing towards the 
the fans because it'll dissuade scalpers and uh, it'll yeah, beat but, market uh, value. Yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate because, like you were saying earlier, then it becomes a thing of if you can afford to go, then you then you get to go. It's not like a whoever gets the whoever like yeah. tries to get them the earliest. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that I'm in a position to purchase those tickets now. But if I was in high school right now, right, I'd be SOL to be honest. Yeah, SOL TBH. And then there's someone like me where I'm not the biggest fan, so I, I was like, I saw the prices or heard about them, and I was like, Nah, I'm good. And to, I don't need to go. And you're frankly making a massive mistake, <laughs> but uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's to oh my god, that's to be determined. Anyways, um. Well, I'm I'm just about out of my beer. Yeah, I've got just right a now. little bit left because this was an easy drinker. Um, really oh, solid, really, really solid beer. Um, Dissolver. Do you know what you've had by them in the past? I honestly can't remember. Um, before we check off, I'm going to go ahead and, and look into my Untapped real quick just to to okay. tell you what I have had by them because I know I've had um, some really tasty beverages from them. Um. I think I feel like I've had like an IPA or something from them, maybe. Ye, probably. Oh, yes, this one I, I'm fairly certain we had on the podcast. I've had four from them. I've had, I've had two Imperial IPAs. One called "Raised in the in the Juicy," the pain of killing. I had one stout called AVL.JPG. Yeah. <laughs> Which I believe JPEG. I believe that was at um, the Twelve South Winter Warmer, so you probably had that too. Oh, I don't know if I checked. I'm not seeing any of them that I checked in, but I see. Thank you for existing. So I'll check that one. And you checked another one in that we definitely had on the podcast. It was called Nothing But Love, and it was an ESB. Oh yeah, Nothing But Love, an ESB. Yeah, that one was delicious. Very good, and it's another. Um, style from across the pond so good on them yes. for for keeping up with that uh, but yeah I, I like this uh this brewery dissolver i hope that they continue to grow and distribute more yeah same here uh, any thoughts on um, the, the beer when you taste it again let me see let me give it one more little tiny taste mm. um mm. no new thoughts to report let me try. Still very good. Let me try this Jesse method. Okay. Mmm. Just the only thought is that it's still really good. Mmm. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm looking at my sound waves on on Did the recording. They, uh, go a little crazy. Yeah. Sorry, dear listener, if I uh, assaulted I, uh, your ears. <laughs> well, in my headphones, the bass came in really loud. It was just like. Mm. The, like the bass. But anyway. Oh man. Shall we uh shall we cheers and sign off? This episode is turning out to be exactly how long I said it wouldn't be. <laughs> yep. That's uh, that that goes to to show how we do things at American Bruising Tunes. Um but again, yep. looking forward our next episode I'm fairly certain will be the regularly scheduled episode of The Beths, and then the subsequent episode will be Angel Dust, um, our yes. regularly formatted episodes, which we don't do as often anymore, but that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, until then, um, shall we uh, go ahead and uh, give the old one-two? Let's give the old one-two cheers, tiddly-doo, down the hatch. <laughs> that's what I say on American <laughs> Brews and Tunes. 
One, two, I need a Charleston chew. (laughs) (laughs) What a great movie. So good. I got to rewatch it. Mama's cannoli. Don't go again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Good beer, though. Fantastic beer. Um, Have you watched Joe Pera talks to you on HBO? No. Okay, you got to... Joe, Joe Para talks to you? Yes, it was an a, um, adult swim show on Cartoon Network that they, HBO, I guess, picked up or whatever. Um, but you can stream the whole thing there. Most episodes are like 10 to 12 minutes long. Uh, okay. It's, he's like an alt-comedian, but he's always in persona as this 30-something-year-old guy from Michigan. But he acts like a later middle-aged man. And it's just... It's wholesome and hilarious, and you gotta. It, 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 I can't describe it. You just have to watch it. It's the best show ever. Um, but Beck and I had, right. had watched all three seasons of it, and then he was in Nashville this past week, and we went and saw him live. Hilarious. Nice. Absolutely hilarious. Um, Joe Para talks to you. Yes. Just go to okay. HBO and type in Joe Para. P E R A. P E R A, okay. But my name's not Joe Para, it's Steven Johnston. And I'm Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Bye. Goodbye. Alfred is in Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-dow!